up, everybody? This is Paula Phelps, and you are listening to On a Positive Note. The holidays are here, which means we've been filling our ears with the sounds of the season. As we hit the final stretch, I'm talking with Jasper Smith of the popular a cappella group Straight No Chaser. Since being discovered on YouTube, this group has become an international sensation and has become part of a holiday tradition for many. In this episode, Jasper talks about the group's incredible road to success and how delivering happiness at the holidays has made them synonymous with the season. Let's have a listen. Jasper, welcome to On a Positive Note, and thank you so much for joining me. Hi, Paul. Yeah, thanks for having me. Happy to be here talking to you today. Well, I love the story of Straight No Chaser. You know, it is kind of like a holiday Hallmark movie, you know, (laughs) it's got that (laughs) feel to it. So tell us about that. Talk about how the band first formed and then how YouTube kind of played Cupid and brought you all back together a little bit later in the story. Yeah, it is one of those really, really crazy things, you know, we compared to winning the lottery. So group started back at Indiana University back in 1996 by some guys who were part of a then uh, show choir called the Singing Hoosiers. And the East Coast kind of had this this rich tradition of acapella and specifically male acapella groups. And there were a couple of guys at, at IU that thought, man, we should do that here. And so there were 10 guys from the Singing Hoosiers that formed this group. Essentially, I think it was for singing and girls, you know, what higher calling or for food and girls, but they just started and kept going for three or four years and went to competitions and got some notoriety on the collegiate level and ended up recording their senior farewell concert at IU and then kind of all went their separate ways for the next decade or so. And then 2007, with the 10-year anniversary of the group uh, having come and gone, one of the guys uploaded just a random video from that farewell concert that they did. There was a group that still lived on at Indiana University, still lives on to this day. But, you know, for that original group, just for nostalgia, one of the guys uploaded a video of them doing the 12 Days of Christmas. And it was right at the advent of YouTube. And so it was one of those early videos that just went viral. I think it was one of the most watched videos of 2007. And lo and behold, one of the people who happened to see that video was Craig Kalman, the, the then president of Atlantic Records. That's not and, a bad audience to have. <laughs> right, right. And so he said on the spot, he said, I need to get in touch with these guys. And so he reached out to the guy that uploaded the video and had the guys come sing for him in his office and kind of signed him on the spot. That is so amazing because I live in Nashville. Mm-hmm. That is not how the music industry works. Ever. <laughs> and I mean, it's really like I was thinking about this last night as I was preparing. And it's like everything about this story is like the universe was saying this band needs to exist and needs to succeed because it just came together in such an incredible way. And what were all of you doing at the time that Atlantic Records discovered you? I mean, all the guys were doing a lot of different things. You know, there were a couple of guys that were still involved in music. One of the guys was over in Asia, I think, with a touring production of Lion King. But, you know, there were a couple of guys that had gone on to get, you know, their MBAs and were working in finance or, you know, working sales jobs or just a couple of guys had had gone to Broadway after school because they were musical theater majors. And so it was just kind of everyone going their separate ways, staying in touch because they're still friends and kind of shared this experience. But not doing acapella by any means. So when this all started coming together, what was that like for everyone as a band? Because you're being handed the dream on a platter and that <laughs> had to be mind blowing. So I came in a little bit after the the initial signing, but you know, in, in many conversations with the guys, I think it was kind of this thing of 
a no-brainer, but kind of the scariest no-brainer at the same time, right? Because all they had was this viral video and, you know, they were able to get signed and set up a tour and have some great opportunities. But at the same time, you know, there was still a touring business that needed to be built and needed to be made. And so I think they did, you know, five or six touring shows the first year. And so it wasn't necessarily something that was sustainable financially. At first, they just trusted the process and, you know, built it up from, you know, five to 10 shows touring that first year to I think we're doing 100 shows on the road this year. Right. And it is every year. It just continues to grow. And in in popularity, I think you probably now have multi-generational audiences because it's been around long enough that you've got people who are bringing kids to the shows. Now those kids are old enough to be coming to the shows on their own and bringing dates, maybe their own kids soon. We love our fan base. We call them chasers and really phenomenal to see, you know, that in the 15 years that the group's been on the road, you're exactly right, Paul. It's, it's people either bringing their, their now grown up kids or adults, you know, who are in their early, mid to late twenties being like, I started coming to see you when I was eight years old or seven years old or, you know, and now they're adults with their own young families. It's crazy to see because it's a lot of the live shows have become just a, such a tradition for people in, in the markets that we come to every year that we see the same folks and are on a first name basis with a lot of fans and, and, have dear legitimate friendships. And that is the ultimate sign of success to me is to have these such enduring fans that you are a part of what they do every year. When it comes to holiday traditions, you are part of that. That's an incredible, incredible thing to be able to say. A real, real blessing. I was just talking to one of the guys about this the other day and it's like, man, I'm not sure that any of us would have thought that we would have ended up singing acapella, but how blessed are we that we get to perform and we get to develop these relationships with people and hang out with guys who are or have become our best friends. You know, it's just a dream scenario. Yeah, absolutely. And so you chose to focus on holiday as your preferred genre. And, you know, for so many artists, they'll do a holiday album and so that they have something to sing during, I guess, November and December. And you have built this career around this genre. What was the decision that went into doing that? I think there's a big difference in groups that that develop themselves and then turn to Christmas. Straight No Chaser's first hit was a Christmas song. And while we do, you know, all other kinds of contemporary modern music, Christmas was kind of where the group made its first foray into the larger zeitgeist, the larger uh, entertainment scene. And so, you know, at this point, I think we've done five Christmas albums just because people come to shows, they want to see the 12 days of Christmas. And so what, you know, we can only do that October to December. And so kind of naturally, it's just developed into uh, a largely Christmas show or a, uh, a group with a large Christmas association. That makes sense. And yeah. I wonder because you know, obviously there's a certain catalog of holiday music from which to draw. And so it seems like, okay, that might be limiting. I know you do some originals and I want to talk to you about that, but for Straight No Chaser, that has not been limiting at all. So talk to me about what goes into transforming a traditional holiday song into a Straight No Chaser holiday song. It's really interesting. You know, at this point, we always think of anytime we come out with a new Christmas album, my first thought is like, okay, what songs haven't we done yet? How are there songs that we haven't done <laughs> at this point? There's a few guys that are the main kind of arrangers of the, of the music in the group. And I think each one of them kind of have their own signature style. So, you know, there's some really beautiful kind of cool jazzy arrangements that Tyler Trapp, one of the guys I think he's kind of known for, 
really unique kind of fun those kind of arrangements say like christmas can can or uh christmas time off of our new album those are kind of very walter chase signature arrangements and so you know those guys have their hands all over and are attributed to a lot of the sound of straight no chaser while you know other guys like mike luganbill in the group he's primarily a songwriter and so a lot of the original christmas music that we do a lot of that comes from his mind and so it's kind of this nice synchronicity of all these individual guys kind of putting their strengths together that have formed this sound over the years right so is it something you do together or is, is it more like the eagles where everyone does their own thing and then comes <laughs> together and says here here's what i got it's kind of a cool combination of both so it is a really democratic process. You know, there are guys that, to say one of these, you know, I have one or two arrangements that, that I've done over the years for the group. But, you know, for the most part, guys will say, with technology being what it is now, and kind of the pandemic forcing us to learn how to record and work some technology from home, a lot of the guys now can have an idea for an arrangement, you know, completely build it out from home on their computer, recording it all nine to 12 parts or whatever it is and kind of send a demo that's going to be pretty close to what they want the finished product to sound like. And so what that guy will do is he'll kind of create that demo track and send it out to the guys. And, you know, as long as we have what I call like a super majority, you know, like seven of the nine guys approve it, that gets approved to either go on an album or go into the live show. And then at the end of the day, the, the ultimate deciding body is the audience. So you know, we could love a song and get it all the way to a crowd. And if they don't love it, then it's like, oh, okay, well, that one. <laughs> we'll take that spoken. out of the rotation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's kind of to your point, like a, a combination of both really individualized, but also very um, collaborative. That's an awesome process. And yeah. and it sounds like everybody then really gets along because we know that's not always the case. And you've got a very large ensemble. So for everybody to be able to gel personality and musicality wise, that's really a, a huge testament to the group as well. Sure. And, you know, to be honest, it's not always the case. You know, a lot of these guys have known each other for 25 years and so pushing 30 years at this point. But I would say it's a lot like a business partnership, but it's also a lot just like a brotherhood. You know, we mm -hmm. love each other like brothers. We fight like brothers. And at the end of the day, we all have the same goals. And so we get over it and start all start you know, eventually pull in the same direction because we know that's what we need to do. That's fantastic. Now, you mentioned the pandemic, and I can't let that go without talking about your version of A Long December. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Like that still to this day gives me chills. It's I watched it again just yesterday because that was so perfect. And so, you know, obviously Long December isn't a holiday song, but man, that just embraced the whole mood of 2020. And tell me how that came about. We're sure. actually going to drop a link to that video in the notes because people need to watch that if they haven't already. Oh, great. Well, thank Yeah. First of all, thank you. That's really kind of you. That was an idea that Mike Luganbill came to us with one of the members of the group. And I think it was in talking to our manager and a couple other people, we were trying to think of it, it was kind of that, that same process of like, okay, what Christmas songs haven't we done yet? And, you know, Mike kind of came back and said, you know, this isn't really a Christmas song, but we can kind of, you know, it, it talks about December and we can kind of spin it. And then in having that conversation, it was probably April or May of 2020, kind of when everyone was kind of in the thick of that, mm -hmm. you know, stuck, stuck at home, right? That conversation kind of spun into 
man, what a great opportunity to kind of encapsulate that moment. And so Mike was the main one with the idea. And we had, you know, it was really interesting. I think by, oh, July or August, you know, things hadn't necessarily started opening up yet, but we had, if you notice the video, I think it's either just Mike in the video or maybe just shots of us individually because we had one camera guy go to Mike's house. They stayed six feet apart and, you know, masked when not shooting the entire time. And so it was a really kind of a delicate process, but but a message that we thought was important to share. Yeah, it was beautifully done. Again, it's just a thank a you. Great way to capture that dreadful moment in history that you turned into right. a very tender, uniting kind of situation with music i just i absolutely loved it thank you yeah that's a moment that i'm really proud of for the group as well let's talk yeah. about your new album which is stalking stuffer and yeah it's got so much to enjoy with it <laughs> happiest christmas tree all oh, come on but you guys really killed it with christmas like that oh. is so fun <laughs> first of all tell the audience what that is and then how did that come about because i'm like someone was having a very good time when they were writing this parody it was 2021 i think so the song is walker hayes's song fancy like who now side note has come out with his own i think christmas version of of that song did but, he steal um, your lyrics <laughs> no completely different i think we reached out to him and we never heard anything and then he came out with the christmas version so we're a little suspect but <laughs> we'll have our attorneys look into that sure sure yeah it was the first time we were back out on the road it was fall of 2021 and uh Walter Chase, who I was saying, you know, is kind of uh, responsible for kind of a lot of those fun, unique arrangements like Christmas Time and Christmas Can Can. He came into rehearsals and he's like, I don't like country music, but I am obsessed with this song. <laughs> and just kept singing it and playing it over and over again. And he came back to us and thought, man, what if we did like a Christmas Time version of this? And one of the other guys, Segi Isho in the group is is kind of our go-to comedy writer when it comes to writing parody lyrics and fun things like that. And so he and Walt both went in, kind of rewrote the lyrics to this Walker Hayes song. And they came to me and I'm, you know, from Southern Indiana, grew up farming and listening to country music. And so they were like, well, we want you to sing, you know, at least part of the stuff. And so I was like, I can twang a little bit. Put the boots so on we, and go. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so we recorded that a dressing room in Sarasota, Florida in November of 2021 and had it released out as a single like a couple of weeks later. We thought it was just, you know, we needed it to be timely because I think what, you know, Fancy Like was still just crushing on the charts. And so we thought what better time to, you know, just get this done and get it out and get it to people. And how people but, received it. Because I mean, oh, that song so, is such an earworm. You just cannot, even if you don't like the song, it's like you can't <laughs> help, but you're like fancy like Applebee's. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was received really, really, really well. I mean, even now, you know, two years later, I can't remember. I don't think we did it last year on the road, but, you know, two years later, I still have people coming through every, you know, every night in the signing line that we do and say, you know, my, man, I wish you would have done Christmas like, or, you know, where's that Walker Hayes song or whatever? I mean, people, <laughs> people are still talking about it and asking for it. That's terrific. So the one thing that I see about your music is like, you are all about delivering joy through your music. I mean, none of the songs that you play are going to make somebody just sit down and go like, oh God, I feel depressed now. It is all about, you know, buoyancy <laughs> and joy and people feel good when they are finished listening to you. So what is the hope and intention with the music that you create? It's really interesting. You know, there's a lot of other acapella groups out there that really, really focus on 
the music and the musicianship, you know, like say like a blenders or a take six or real group or, or things like that, you know, other vocal groups out there. But we always like to say like, we take the music seriously. We don't take ourselves seriously. And so a lot of our intention is just to kind of portray what we really are is just a bunch of guys enjoying singing, enjoying being on stage and making music and just having fun, you know? So if there's a guy that will flub lines on stage, like we'll call him out. If there's people that are coming in late to the show, like we'll poke some fun. Well, you know, it's not a set show. It's all about the thing I love about Straight No Chaser is that it's not a presentation. It's a conversation with the audience. And, you know, with, with all these, you know, I've, I've talked about how much I, we appreciate our fans. It really is just, we want them to have as much fun as we're having on stage. And we can't do that without bringing them into the process. And so I think a lot of our happiness, yes, we take the music really seriously, but we don't take ourselves seriously in that we just want to have all the fun that we can. And we know that if we're having fun and bring the audience to it, that they're going to have fun with it as well. That's terrific. Your shows, your music are a whole lot of fun. Jasper, thank you for sitting down and talking with me today. You do so much to bring joy to so many people. And I'm excited to share this with our listeners and to share the some of the new music you're doing. We're going to drop some links in there for you. Oh, great. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me, Paul. This was such a nice conversation. I appreciate that. You have a wonderful rest of the holiday season. Yeah, thank you. You too. Happy holiday. That was Jasper Smith of Straight No Chaser talking about how they deliver joy through music during the holiday season. If you'd like to learn more about Straight No Chaser, listen to their music, or check out some of their videos, just visit us at livehappy.com and click on the podcast tab. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of On a Positive Note and look forward to joining you again next time. So until then, this is Paula Phelps reminding you to make every day a happy one.